Story 4 of Hugh Walpole's Selected Short Stories. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Story 4, Red Amber, 1923. Once upon a time there lived in the city of Polchester two old ladies. One was called Mrs. Sarah Haney and the other Miss Margaret Buck. They were alive and active in the good old days, before Queen Victoria's Diamond Jubilee, before Archdeacon Brandon's death, and the Sea-Town scandals, and the Boer War, and the Telephone, and the reign of the Silver Screen. In those good days, Polchester was as completely shut off, for many of its inhabitants, from the rest of the world, as though it were a palm-tufted island in the middle of the African seas. Many of those inhabitants had never seen a train in their lives. Mrs. Sarah Haney was one of these. In spite of her being a widow, which implied, of course, an earlier experience of marriage, she was one of the least sophisticated of human beings. She had been nowhere save down Orange Street, into the marketplace of High Street, and into the cathedral, and she may be said to have known no one save the late Mr. James Haney, and not to have known him very well. It was perhaps on account of his character that she had always lived so circumscribed a life. He had been a linen draper, and his little shop had been at the corner of the market just before St. James, where the hill runs down to Sea Town. Not a very good location, but he could never afford to move to a better. He was a conceited and self-opinionated man, spare, with large spectacles, carroty side-whiskers, and a bald, shiny head. Things had never gone well with him. He was self-opinionated at the wrong times, obstinate when he should have been yielding, yielding when he should have been obstinate. He was a man with bitter grievances. Mrs. Haney's life had been no very happy one, but when he died, leaving her nothing but debts, in spite of his loss, her condition could not have been said to have improved. She had a relation who had made money by selling hats in Dramath, and he very reluctantly gave her a small allowance. He wrote to her at times, telling her how reluctant he was. Mrs. Haney was a small woman, like a ripe strawberry. She was fond of dressing well, but had, of course, no opportunities. She was good-hearted, very quiet in her manner, and minded her own affairs. Those same affairs consisted in managing on the hat-maker's allowance, and this was no easy thing. She took a bed-sitting room in a side street off Orange Street. A side street closed in as resolutely as though the other streets were elderly relations protecting its virtue. You might have been in the very heart of a great city for all that you saw in Robin Street, of skies and fields and nibbling sheep and this was a pity, because Mrs. Haney loved the open country. 2. The only other lodger in the little house in Robin Street was Miss Margaret Buck. These two ladies were cared for by Mrs. Pascoe, a very good woman, who loved the sound of the harmonium and was married to a railway porter. She was so busy a person that the harmonium only truly had its fling of a Sunday. Mrs. Haney loved the harmonium, and Miss Buck did not. Miss Buck was a thin, fair, tall, queer-looking woman. She resembled, although the comparison is unkind, a stick of rhubarb. Perhaps that is not unkind. 
there is something fresh and virginal about a stick of rhubarb there was something fresh and virginal about miss buck she was a very delicate woman always suffering from colds in the head her eyes were forever a stream she had also a weak heart her digestion was miserable on the other hand she was fond of good music which was why she disliked the harmonium her voice was fresh and virginal like everything else about her she sang the dear old songs like annie laurie robin adair and drink to me only she was very ladylike she had connections in india she was cultivated she liked the books of mrs lynn linton mrs oliphant and william black she confessed that she enjoyed a novel once and again she was very poor depending entirely on a married brother for support she sought economy in many ways chiefly i fear by starving herself she heated cocos over a gas ring in her room and was especially fond of gingerbreads and preserved ginger it was natural enough that these two ladies mrs haney and miss margaret buck being the only two lodgers in mrs pascoe's house should become well acquainted they were not naturally suited to one another true friendship depends so much upon what you have in your eye for one it is a golden pen for another a canary singing in a cage for another a well-browned cutlet for another the book of common prayer miss buck had culture and refinement mrs haney had only the desire to make two difficult ends meet culture and finance are worlds apart nevertheless although for a long time miss buck was not aware of it mrs haney had something else in her eye and that something else was color color of anything color of sunsets color of clothes color of shop windows color of harmonium color of two tomatoes on a plate color of beads color of a ribbon or two in her own self mrs haney could not indulge this passion black is so much your cheapest wear will not one black bonnet last forever at any rate it must but mrs haney sometimes had flowers in her room primroses and snowdrops in the spring season a carnation or so once or twice a year a rose she thought miss buck very beautiful because she liked to wear pale green miss buck had two watercolors hanging on her wall that mrs haney adored and she had her piece of red amber this piece of red amber was thick and solid like a little box and stood on miss buck's mantelpiece with a strength and independence that mrs haney could not sufficiently admire and beautiful lights shot through it it was four-cornered and square but it had stuck on to the top of it a dragon cut out of lighter amber thin gold color like fragile glass and there was something in the contrast between the thick deep blood color of the block and the thin pale gold of the dragon that was to mrs haney supremely fascinating sitting in the armchair in miss buck's room mrs haney's eyes would grope up through their large spectacles until they found the red gold on the mantelpiece and then there they would stay yes said miss buck between her genteel sneezes my brother brought me that from china very pretty i think and valuable too i'm told real amber a fine piece i should like to visit china said mrs haney 
well said miss buck her thin body swaying with her sneeze like a poplar in a driving wind i'm sure china is a nice place our missionaries are doing fine work there i'm always expecting that lucy to knock that bit of amber off the mantelpiece i'll give her something if she breaks it breaks it cried mrs haney oh no oh no that would be terrible why miss buck it is one of my chief pleasures coming in and looking at it i think of it of a morning before i get up it's very kind of you to let me yes it's a pretty piece said miss buck the thought of that beautiful thing lying smashed into a hundred pieces by the red careless hands of lucy the maid of all work was too terrible to mrs haney she had not very much to think about this thought began now to dominate the others the color patterns that she saw the sloping red roof beyond her window the pink sheen upon her bedroom wallpaper if you laid your head a little to one side the blue in two vases on her mantelpiece a little dark red box on her table in which she kept buttons and thread all these began to surrender to the deep blood color of the amber the thing seemed to her alive to know her and to recognize her when she came into the room three one day when miss buck was out she picked it up and rested it in her hands until that morning she had never ventured to touch it it was a cold blustery smoke-blowing march day primroses under the hedges perhaps yes and a glint on the wood slipping streams their waters ruffled like the rumpled gray feathers of a bird these were not mrs haney's thoughts dear me no she thought that it had been bacon and tomatoes once again for breakfast and that she must positively speak to mrs pascoe about it and about also how the wind whisked behind the wallpaper in her bedroom like a man spying upon her as she dressed of a morning and laughing at her while these thoughts were occupying her almost unconsciously she took down the piece of amber from the shelf and as soon as her fingers felt its cool sliding surface she started she had done something wicked something she should not something most certainly that would offend miss buck should she know she looked out through miss buck's windows on to all the gray clouds hurrying along as though some angelic housemaid were hurling out of celestial windows acres of unnecessary bedding the bending chimneys tried to catch the bolsters and blankets as they passed the sky was dirty and discontented mrs haney's old gnarled fingers passed lovingly again and again over the smooth surface she may be said to be in a trance some one has somewhere said that romance is a state of hallucination one of those easy statements that mean nothing at all well mrs haney is now in a state of hallucination she does not see the gray marble slab of miss buck's wallpaper nor the gaping coal scuttle nor the rain now spinning spider webs on the window-pane no she feels the wind in her face the ground is carpeted with golden primroses the sun is setting in a blaze of amber splendor she is twenty years of age and lovely oh i didn't know it was you mrs haney this was mrs pascoe the piece of amber for a moment trembles it had almost slipped then it is back again on the mantelpiece mrs haney had been caught in a crime but what crime 
a crime to feel twenty well perhaps a crime at any rate that mrs pascoe will never commit didn't know you was in here mrs haney hardly knew i was myself mrs pascoe miss buck is so friendly in a way of speaking and why shouldn't she be there's a friendly atmosphere in this house as i have often myself noticed that's a handsome bit of jewellery miss buck has there oh yes her brother brought it to her from the east i'm always telling lucy that she's got to be extra careful with the foreign articles twice as brittle i say to her as your homemade goods break as soon as look at your oh it would be terrible mrs haney's hands clung together should anything happen to it tis the prettiest bit of colour i've seen in many a day i like just to look at it if it was broke i don't know whatever i'd do why mrs haney said mrs pascoe looking at her curiously what a colour you're turning oh if anything were to happen like mrs haney looked at mrs pascoe with wide detached eyes and the next thing that happened was that miss buck was suddenly ill and had to take to her bed four miss buck was not a good patient from the very first she was certain that she was about to die something on her lung her cough was a disaster her eyes piteous she suffered she was afraid of death as she told mrs haney dying wasn't for her as it was for others there was no one on the other side to whose company she was greatly looking forward her mother and father were nothing much as company you understand there had been some one once but he was not dead far from it married with two children might have been mine said miss buck had things gone she had the piece of amber brought in and put on the table near her where she could look at it mrs haney looked at it too soon miss buck was too ill to care it looked all blurred to her she said to mrs haney it grew clearer and clearer burnt with a more living a more brilliant flame every minute of every hour i know i'm going to die dear said miss buck for the thousandth time i feel it one can always tell slowly in mrs haney's heart there began to grow an animosity toward miss buck this was strange because mrs haney had never in her life before felt an animosity towards any one and miss buck had been very kind to her always she admired too the pale green colours and the rhubarb figure nevertheless dislike boiled up as she sat there staring at the bed with its thin unsatisfactory shape beneath the sheets its watery eyes its pale querulous nose why don't she thought mrs haney to herself up and fight this thing she's simply lying down under it and suddenly she said so in a voice so new and startling so harsh and severe that miss buck herself was amazed if i was you miss buck i'd resist this illness of yours instead of just lying down and letting it throttle you you're not standing up to it indeed you're not miss buck was so deeply startled that it brought on a fit of coughing then as she lay there drawing strangled breaths little mrs haney wondered at herself that she could have been so cruel i believe you want me to die said miss buck at last i haven't a friend then she added surprisingly my own fault no doubt there's something in what you say but the trouble with me mrs haney is that i don't rightly care whether i live or die 
it don't make as much difference to me as it should what am i anyway living or dead only an encumbrance mrs haney wanted to say no that she wasn't an encumbrance to anybody but the words stuck in her throat it's almost time for the doctor she said looking at the piece of amber miss buck's eyes followed hers you can have that piece if i go mrs haney she said i know you like it i've seen you looking at it five after that miss buck got worse she became very ill indeed one night when the green-shaded lamp beside her bed was burning low and the strangest shapes were about the house high elm-fingered figures dark above the roofs white round patches of moonlight across the road like silver pieces horses spectral against the lighter gray of the night sky witches riding broomsticks in a fitting cloud miss buck leaned toward mrs haney and holding the old lady's arm with a skinny finger whispered you could take that piece now if you want i'm not going to live through to morning mrs haney took it i'm not defending her there is not much defence to be found for her she did wait until miss buck had crawled over on to her side and hid her white face in her long bony arms then she took it she took it to her room for months she had been trying to see what it would look like in her own room among her own things she put it on her chest of drawers oh the pretty oh the pretty there it was lit by two candles with the red stud-box near to it shining and gleaming and glittering and the gold dragon on top like honey like primrose like sun of the early morning across a field of wheat but it was the place where it was blood-red that mrs haney liked the best there in the heart of the thick sturdy independence of it there was this pool of liquid quivering red alive it seemed oh surely alive as it looked down upon that old crinkled strawberry face the pasty snub nose the watery eyes the clasped and pleading hands oh surely alive as it proceeded to devour the heart and soul of that old lady to draw them into its own pool of liquid red gold to absorb them twice and then to stare about for more that it might devour oh the pretty mrs haney could not sleep all night but lit a candle and lay there watching she forgot about miss buck and in the morning was quite startled to find that she was yet alive she had certainly supposed that miss buck would die she regarded the piece of amber with a new alarm in her eye she stood there in her woolen dressing-gown her gray hair tousled her eyes questioning she took it down from the chest of drawers and fondled it with her rough fingers it was not quite so much hers as it had been the night before then it had seemed absolutely hers it had been as though miss buck were altogether dead now well miss buck was certain to die before the twenty-four hours were out then miss buck began to get better her illness took a turn as mrs pascoe so frequently remarked whoever would have thought it she with no more resistance in her than a chicken bone the weather took a turn too at the same time lovely warm soft spring days the woods above the town shining with rivers and lakes of bluebells and the cuckoo heard across the dimpling waters of the pole 
the weather seemed to help miss buck the warm sun poured into her room and mrs haney sitting there could often discard her shawl mrs haney looked upon her hated her what did she want to get well for who wanted her to get well why she didn't even wish it herself and think of all this trouble she had given trouble to mrs pascoe trouble to mrs haney trouble to lucy trouble to the doctor and all for nothing why even the precentor had come in to see her one day the precentor of the cathedral itself poor mr ryle who was always so anxious to be in well with everybody and he said that archdeacon brandon himself had been asking about her him with all the troubles of the diocese on his mind to think of miss buck and after all she hadn't died mrs haney sat there hour after hour in the stiff green chair her shoulders hunched staring resentfully miss buck was conscious of her stare oh i wish you wouldn't look at me so miss buck weakly remarked ah that's all one gets began mrs haney upon which miss buck shed tears she was in that weak convalescent state there was now terror in mrs haney's heart the moment would surely arrive when miss buck would ask for the amber back again and then what would mrs haney do she could not live without it no she could not in your eye now that is all that is there only the amber once you saw heaven and its glories and again the food and the clothes of mr haney and again primroses and the running brooks and again a chop tenderly cooked and a strange uncertain pain just above the left knee but now only the quivering red and gold of that square of ruby without it there is no life better dead it is a question of miss buck dying or mrs haney six the trouble with miss buck now was as she became stronger her heart her illness had strained her heart very severely she must be extremely careful miss buck felt the interest of this she lay in a long chair that kind mrs cumberman had lent to her in front of her window and watched the spring sweep the country the precentor came again to see her and actually mrs sampson the dean's wife brought her some magazines this was all thought mrs haney savagely because miss buck had once done some cathedral work ah anybody could do church work had she a mind mrs haney slept now with a piece of amber in her hand she could not go to sleep did she not have it she knew every part of it now by heart small though it was it had a varied personality here it was smooth and then suddenly it slipped beneath the fingers into a groove and then it rose again until your hand touched a thin ridge over which it slipped into a little hollow of coolness mrs haney held it against her cheek and so slept the blow fell why mrs haney miss buck murmured she spoke delicately now because she was an invalid because her heart was bad and because the dean's wife had been to see her where's my piece my piece of amber oh when you were very ill began mrs haney oh yes i remember said you could have it when i was gone but i'm not gone yet you're keeping it safe for me i expect yes i am well that's good of you i wonder whether you would mind bringing it to me i shouldn't wonder whether a bit of colour wouldn't do me good mrs haney went and brought it that night she didn't sleep 
nor the night after, nor the night after that. She was possessed. Why should she not admit it? She had longed once for a child in those days far back when she had been young with Mr. Haney. A cousin of hers had allowed her little girl, chubby with red hair, to stay with the Haneys for a day or two. In the same way then, Mrs. Haney had been possessed. After the little girl had gone, she had lain awake crying, and Mr. Haney had said, Never mind, that was all over. She was a lonely old woman, and must have her piece of fire to warm her breast. Must have it. Must. Miss Buck became now afraid of Mrs. Haney. She was always creeping around and staring. Miss Buck felt that Mrs. Haney did not like her, knew indeed that she did not. But then, if she did not like her, why was she always around? Tell me that, Mrs. Pascoe. And Mrs. Pascoe said that she was silly. There was nothing wrong about Mrs. Haney. Nothing wrong, said Miss Buck, staring at her wallpaper. I just feel she don't like me. A sick woman's fancies, Mrs. Pascoe called them. And indeed, Miss Buck did not get well as quickly as she should. Didn't make the right sort of progress and that was such a wonderful spring. The orchards were blushing with flowers, the birds sang for mad, and the sunsets from Miss Buck's window were a riot. It was Miss Buck's heart that was so queer, jumping like a live thing inside her, and giving her so queer a pain, and whenever Mrs. Haney came near her, the pain was twice as bad. You know what a sick woman's fancies can be? Well, then, that was the way Miss Buck soon came to feel about Mrs. Haney. She saw her in the dark in bed, saw her twice her natural size, and making faces at her. Funny old woman, like a strawberry, with her bent shoulders, her groping fingers, and her slip-slop slippers. Miss Buck hated to see her in the dark. And the strange thing was that she never connected her creeping around with the red amber. Miss Buck had almost forgotten it. I dare say if Mrs. Haney had asked for it, Miss Buck would have given it to her. She had never put the value on it that Mrs. Haney did. It all depends on what you have in your eye. Miss Buck had Miss Buck in hers, but of course Mrs. Haney did not know this. She was very sure that Miss Buck would never let the piece out of her eye while she lived, and now dying would probably give it to somebody else. The trouble was that now Miss Buck was never out of her room, and so where the amber was, there was she, too. I hate her, said Mrs. Haney. The nasty mean thing, I hate her. Then suddenly one evening Mrs. Haney had a horrible vision of herself. She saw what a bad, wicked woman she was coming. She fell on her knees behind her bed. Oh, God, help me. I've terrible thoughts and desires. I'm as good as a murderess. Oh, God, come down and help me. But God didn't come down. 7. Mrs. Haney could live without it no longer. She would steal it. She hoped Miss Buck was asleep. She pushed open the door. Miss Buck was sitting in front of her glass, brushing her hair by the light of a candle. Miss Buck, in her nightdress, was herself like a long tallow candle. She could not see the door through her mirror. Miss Haney stole across the floor in her woolen dressing gown. Miss Buck turned and saw her. 
with hairbrush raised she screamed mrs haney why whatever mrs haney advanced to her you let me have it now i must have it do you hear give it me give it me she caught miss buck's hair in her hand the two women stared at one another miss buck rose in her full height turned gray under the candlelight then crumpled like an empty pillowcase on the floor miss buck was dead no doubt about it dead this time dead of fright and a weak heart mrs haney saw that she was dead picked up the red amber clasped it to her thin breast shuffled across the floor went into her room climbed a chair placed the amber on the chest of drawers where it had been before stood back looked at it climbed again and altered its position sighed then went to the head of the stairs and screamed down for help end of story four